Zambia. Thank you so much for uh, having us with you this weekend. And actually, it has been great joy to uh, get to know Ron and Janet for many, many years. And thank you so much for your prayer and your support. And we really appreciate very much your partnership in the gospel of Jesus Christ from wherever you are. But anyhow, I don't want to go into my story because you heard my testimony yesterday. And I really believe from my heart, I am not here or we are not here by human plan. I do pray a lot, even fast, before I plan all the meetings. And I really believe that God wants us to be here with you this weekend to encourage your hearts and also to get encouraged. Because unfortunately, a lot of the Christians today around the world, they have believed the lies of the enemy and the devil. And for many, many years, the enemy has been saying to the church of Jesus Christ around the world that there is no need to try. Those people are impossible. Muslims are impossible to come to faith. And you hear stories about missionaries that went to Algeria and actually they came to our land, to our country, and somebody had to spend about 40 years. The fruit of 40 years, one little girl came to faith. 17 years, very little. And actually one of my heroes actually still live in this country. They come from this, this part of the world. And I go and visit them. I remember once I was to visit uh, a sister called... Uh, Harris, uh, Lewis Harris, if I forget the name. Anyhow, she told me when she went to Algeria as a missionary back in 1952, and you know the senior missionaries, they gave them orientation and teaching and training, and they used to tell the new ones who came to Algeria, you have to be prepared. You might spend the rest of your life without seeing one single convert. What an amazing good news. <laughs> I wonder how many of this young generation today, where they want everything is instant. Everything has to happen fast. I wonder how many of them today will survive or will stay. But my brothers and sisters, those people, they stayed. And they believed that God one day, he will fulfill his promise. Jesus has promised, I will build my church. What an amazing promise. You know, I say around the world, I say, I wait, I my joy, and I will hope and pray that my, my God will help me to live till that day where we can see Mecca and Medina full of churches. Hallelujah. No, you are not sure. <laughs> Well, my friends, I was in a big conference in the States, and the main speaker, he was from Saudi Arabia. A man full of the Holy Spirit, anointed by God. And when I saw that man spoke, I said, thank you, Jesus. This is my joy. This is impossible. Today, God is reaching to that land of Saudi, and I pray that God will give you and give me faith to believe that truly nothing is too hard for God. I believe it. Because I have seen the impossibles in Algeria when I still seeing the impossibles. Anyhow, I have to keep the time. 
and this clock in front of me, which is also a challenge, but anyhow, I uh, thank you for having us. You know, as I said last night, my background is a football player. I played football for many, many years, third, first division club, and I became an FA football coach here in England, actually, back in 1985. 85, 88, I got my full badge, and I still believe in, I stopped now coaching, you know, I stopped actually many years ago, but I still believe that Man United is the best club in the world. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was in Spain. And I said it this, I said it in the church, I just joke. And one brother said to me, this is rubbish. <laughs> Maybe he's one Man City or Liverpool supporter, Arsenal, I don't know. But anyhow, you know, when I used to play football and I used to coach, I have to find ways how to motivate the players before they go out, you know, the dressing room. And you have to find ways how to communicate your heart, your thoughts, that when they go out, they will be truly motivated to win. And I believe from my heart from time to time, we have to ask ourselves, what motivates me to go out and share about the love of Jesus? Or what hinders me to go out and witness about Jesus? Let me just pray. Father, I thank you so much for who you are. Thank you because your word is life. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, because we want to depend today on your Holy Spirit. Lord, I just want to pray, may your name will be lifted high. May you help me and help my brothers and sisters, Lord Jesus, not just to listen to these words, but to obey them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Back in 2006, March, as I have said last night, the Argentine government came up with a new law. And actually, the new law still exists today. They want to forbid us to preach the gospel. And they want to scare us and frighten us. And actually, in that law, there are many, many articles. And today, if you witness to Jesus, about Jesus, of course, in, the, in Algeria, or if you shake the faith of the Muslim, what does it mean, shaking the faith in the Muslim, according to this law? If you witness to him or to her, Verbally, you give him something, you give her something to read, or even if you do something good. You find the Muslim, you know, sick, taken to the hospital, or buy him medicine, and his faith is shaken. As a Muslim, he wants to sympathize, sympathize with your faith, you will be in trouble. What are the consequences? If you are a church leader, you might end up in prison for one to five years. Church member, one to three years. And of course, the fine can go up to $14,000, which is maybe about 9,000 or 10,000 pounds. I was condemned for three years in prison with two of my workers. It's a long story, back in, 19, in 2008, or eight, I think, and I was acquitted, 2009. But we have had many court cases in Algeria. Well, you know, today a lot of the leaders are praying and said, Lord, keep that law. Don't remove it. Because, my brothers and sisters, I believe God is in control. He allowed that law to, to, be, uh, to come in and be implemented. And because of that law, God has given us incredible opportunities to witness about Jesus. At the police stations, courts, 
Just imagine yourself being in front of the judge and all those people behind you are Muslims and the judge is judging you about what, why you are a Christian or how you know why you had to witness. And then you tell them the story and all those people are listening behind. And I remember actually once, one of our team, one of our brothers, he was telling his story how he came to faith. The judge, he was challenged. And he said to him, the, and then the lawyer tried to intervene. He said to me, no, 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 no. He stopped the lawyer. He said, I want to hear his story. <laughs> and then this brother called Krimo, you know, God has blessed us with many crazy evangelists in Algeria. And I pray that God will give you some of our <laughs> crazy evangelists as well in this country. But anyhow, he was sharing his story. And then Krimo, he said to the judge, do you want it just for yourself or for everybody? He said, no, 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 I want everybody to hear in the back, so you have to shout louder. And I thank God for the law. You know, Joseph, he said to his brothers, you have intended evil, but God has intended the good for all what's happened to him. And I believe, my friends, we have sometimes to ask ourselves a question. What can motivate me to overcome this fear, this prejudice, whatsoever, lack of faith, and believe that God can give us the boldness and the witness and, 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 and the wisdom to share about him? I believe from all my heart, number one is our love for Jesus. I don't know anything else. You know, Jesus, he challenged us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind. In Romans 5, 5, it says, God's love is poured in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I pray constantly that God will continue to fill my heart with his love. And I pray all the time, and I thank for my wife, because she's a woman of prayer. And you know, I pray always, I say, Lord Jesus, do not allow anything in my life to take your place, even in this ministry. When God fills our hearts with his love, we will not stop or fear talking about him. You know, when you Talk about someone whom you love. It's amazing, you know, when you see the grandparents, you know, talk about their grandchildren. They talk with joy, with, you know, shining face and tell you all the nice stories, isn't it? Because they love them. And I believe when God fills your hearts and my heart with his love, we will talk about Jesus with love, with passion. You know what is happening in Algeria today? It just no human being can understand. We have had many people came to visit us. And actually, by the way, I ever have seen Brother Ron, Presbyterian pastors dancing in our churches. And for a Presbyterian to dance, this is a miracle. <laughs> but they couldn't believe it. It's reality. I told them about this brother, Krimo. Krimo, and actually he was caught one day. He's actually he's condemned for five years in prison. Still has the sentence upon him today. But when he was caught, he managed to witness to 16 policemen face to face. 
between the, the first police station, the largest one, they put him in prison, and he was witnessing, of course, the, to the, to the prisoners there. The police got, got fed up with him. They couldn't, didn't know what to do. They couldn't stop him outside. They couldn't stop him inside. So they took him away and put him in a cell by himself. Well, Krimo is crazy about Jesus. He opened the window of his cell and he shouted to the other prisoners to open their windows and he was preaching to them Jesus from his cell. You know why? Because Krimo has never, ever experienced the love of his father. In his childhood, he suffered so much. One day he had a dream and he saw Jesus in heaven. And he came and he gave him a hug. That hug has transformed incredible love to Krimo. And he realized that God loved him so much. You know, he woke up. By the way, we have many Muslims in Algeria. They go to bed as Muslims. They woke up as Christians. He woke up full of the Holy Spirit, full of the love of Jesus. And I want to assure you, there is no one can stop Krimo today to preach. You know why? Because he loves God so much. And I really believe from my friend, from my heart, from my heart, that we have some time to time to check, to allow the Holy Spirit to check our hearts and our lives. Are we, or are we having the same love, or we have lost? Our first love for Jesus. You know, once I took a taxi, I remember from where we used to live to the airport, and I was witnessing to the taxi driver, British, like anybody else. And as I was sharing with him about Jesus, he told me, you know, you are the first one who told me about Christianity. I have never heard about all what you have said to me. I was amazed. I said, well, look, you know, there is a church in every corner. I mean, he can get hundreds of church opportunities to hear about Jesus, but he has never heard. And I am deeply convinced there are many British today they have never, ever heard the gospel for the first time, let alone other parts of the world. And my prayer, because you have been tremendous blessing when I say you, the British, you have been an amazing blessing to Jesus and his church all over the world. My question always, I ask, where are those John Wesley's, William Carey's, and the list can go on. My God will help you and help us to see this church of Britain being once more revived. But God, he needs you and he needs me. So I believe from my heart that one thing can motivate us is our love for God and for Jesus Nothing else, nothing more. My second point. I believe we have a message for the world. Hallelujah. You know, my friends, I believe that Jesus is unique. Totally unique. You know, in, in, in Acts 4, verse 12, that is no other name. Absolutely no other name. I came to faith, I was born in a Muslim home, very conservative, I, was, I came to faith because of Jesus. I just realized there is no one like Jesus. 
Not the Jesus that I was that I used to hear about him in the Quran, but I realized that Jesus is unique in his birth. He was born without sin. His teaching, his miracles, his life, everything was just amazing. I said, well, there's no one like Jesus. And I always preach to the Muslims, Jesus. I don't go through this theology and whatever. No, I preach Jesus. My story. One day, actually, I went to Renew. It is a paper in Algeria. And because some of the policemen, they know me well in my hometown. And some of you think, you know, I am priest, but they don't know they am pastor or whatever. But anyhow, one of the policemen, the officer, he said to me, come to my office. So he took me to his office, I sat down, and I knew they wanted to talk, they wanted to discuss all the time. You know, I thank God for Jesus and for these wonderful opportunities that God has given to us to witness the police station today. And then he said to me, well, when are you going to celebrate Christmas this year? I said, I gave him the date and said to him, you are very welcome because we invite them to come and celebrate Christmas with us. We invite the authorities to come. There's no problem, my friends. One day we, was, we had him actually in our church, and the church was packed, and people were outside. And he said to me, you must enlarge your church. Your church is so small. You cannot leave outside people here. This is a police officer, by the way. <laughs> Anyhow, I shared with him, and he said to me, well, how did you become Christian? You know, they think people gave us lost so much money to become Christian. Then I said to him, well, I will tell you how I became Christian. And he gave me at least 45 minutes, you know, in the police station. There is no clock there. They don't mind. Even police station, you can get more time. You know, I don't know why. In other parts of the world, time is so short. But anyhow, I shared with him, but Jesus, all what I talked about, what does it mean, Jesus, for me? And I, I emphasized everything you know. And at the end, I asked him, whether if someone else wants to listen to me? And he said to him, show me someone better. Either before or after, and he got my message. And they looked at each other, and they said to me, there is no one better than Jesus. Those are the police officers, my friends. They witnessed. No one better than Jesus. Why are we ashamed? To talk about Jesus. Why are we fearful to talk about Jesus? Why are we missing incredible opportunities to talk about Jesus? And I really believe, my friends, there is no one like Jesus. If you have any doubts, of course, read your Bible more and pray, and my God will help you and help me that he will become so strong in our inner man. You know, my friends, today, the Bible teaches us that in Christ we have an amazing hope. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you is the hope of glory. When I say to my family members and to my friends, I say, I have no fear to die. I have no fear. Why should I fear? Why should I be afraid? By the way, I was nearly went to heaven. I had 25 minutes left between earth and heaven. I had a, an ulcer, a lot of bleeding that was 2011. My wife can't tell the more story because I was unconscious for five days or four days. And actually, I was amazed. 
that I was so close. But my brothers and sisters, I say to my Muslim friends, Jesus, he died and he rose again. He gave me the promise. He said, I will go to prepare a room for you. Hallelujah. To know that our salvation is secure, our eternity is secure. The Muslims, they tell us sometimes, you become Christian because you don't want to fast Ramadan. You don't want too hard to fast. You cannot pray five times. This is why you become Christian. Well, I say, excuse me, it's so easy to be Muslim. Believe me. But Christian sometimes is not easy. You know, when the Bible, Jesus told us, you know, to love your enemies and do good to those who hate you and those who persecute you. This is not easy. You need some help of the Holy Spirit. And now, I thank God. God, he gave me a true meaning of worship. Believing and worshiping my God in spirit and truth. Excuse me to say this, but we have many leaders today. They fast many weeks, months during the year. And we do fast a lot. Not like the Muslim fast. But because we love God and we want to be close to him, we spend time in prayer and fasting. My brothers and sisters, I want to assure you today, when the Muslims they hear about Jesus and what does it mean to be Christian, they get shocked. And I have had many, many experiences. They told me, we have never heard like this. I didn't know that, you know, when you become Christian, your life will be transformed and so on and so on. But I want to assure you today, when I started to witness to my family back in 1985, they thought I brought a new religion from Europe that I want to spread in Algeria. People, they need to hear, what does it mean for you as a Christian? And I pray that God will give you the boldness and the wisdom because I believe from my heart that there is no one like Jesus. He's unique. And that's actually really motivates me and motivate you. My third point. By the way, if there's anything wrong with my preaching, whatever, most of my training took place in this place, in this, in this country, so you know whom to blame. <laughs> but anyhow, you know, I believe because Jesus transformed lives. Haiti and I we were amazed, just came from the Logos Hope, the OM ship, and we met so many young men and women. Incredible. They love Jesus so much. And you hear their stories, how their life has been transformed, totally changed because of Jesus. We were listening to a brother from Sweden, young man. In his 20s, he, went to, he was in drugs and he was in everything you can imagine. One day he had an encounter with Jesus and his life was totally transformed. His father, he came to faith because of the life of his son. Jesus transformed lives and that's what motivates me and I hope will motivate you to go out and witness in our team in Algeria. We have an ex-Muslim terrorist. I told you his story yesterday. His story. His name is Adel. He was selected. Is this clock for me or for? Uh... <laughs> and what time I have to stop, by the way? <laughs> no. Five minutes. Five minutes, yes. 
Anyhow, Adl, he was selected by his Muslim fundamentalist group to become, to work with Osama bin Laden in Afghanistan, back in the 80s, late 80s. And he came to faith. I wish I have time to tell you his story. Can you imagine from a Muslim terrorist he become? Amazing man of God. Actually, when he, was, he, when he told the police in his hometown about how, what changed him, he told them about his, his experience with Jesus through a dream, an amazing dream. The police officer, he told him, go and preach the gospel. If anybody stops you, come and tell me. They gave him protection and green card to go and preach. Because he preferred Adel to be a born-again believer, loving God, loving people, than being terrorists. And I believe, my friends, that we want to see people's changed lives. That's what motivates me and motivates you to go. I have so many amazing stories here about Fatah, charismatic Muslim preachers. Many young people are become terrorists because of his preaching, and he came to faith at the end, and he experienced the love of God in Jesus Christ. My fourth point, God can give us and give us the assurance of our faith. Hallelujah. There is no one can give you the assurance. Islam, there is no hope unless you fill up your body with dynamite and die. In anywhere, maybe. Well, actually, they say you, have, you will be in heaven. It's amazing heaven. But anyhow, in Jesus Christ, he gave us the assurance of our forgiveness of sins and our, of course, eternal life in Hebrews 6, 19, Titus 2, 11 to 15. My fifth point before my conclusion. Jesus gave us a command. Hallelujah. He commanded us. He said, go to the world and preach. Of course, the gospel, Matthew 28. You know, this is an amazing command. I always say to people, when I used to be in the army for two years, but anyhow, in the army, when the commander or the general give you a command, please know what you discuss. Can you discuss with your general? Say, excuse me, I don't think this is right. You cannot discuss. You go, if you come back alive, then you can maybe discuss. There is no way to discuss. It's a command. And Jesus commanded us to go and tell others about Jesus. I go to people because Jesus told me to, to come to you. I mean, it's not my, my, my problem. He told me I have to obey. That's all. And I believe because of his command. We have to learn to obey his command and go to the word and preach. You know, God is amazing. And I truly believe God is amazing. I wonder if you heard the story of uh, the wife of Mao Zedong when they took over China. I think it's in 1947 or 48. They closed down the churches, expelled the missionaries, and put the Christians in prison. We have met actually one of them. She spent 20 years in prison. Her parents died in prison. Amazing story about this Chinese. The wife of Mao Zedong, she said, we have buried Christianity. We closed down the churches, expelled the missionaries, and put the prisoners, I put the, the Christians in prison. Well, my question is today, 
is Christianity buried in China? You know, I would love one day if I go, I want to visit her tomb. And I will ask her the question, just, you know, funny, I just, I have sometimes. I say, what do you think? Do you think that Christianity is buried in China? You are buried and there is no hope. But Christianity today in China is alive because of Jesus. Thank you so much, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for your words. And I pray in Jesus' name, may you accomplish all what you purposed through your words in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.